All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news after your check, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Your yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 232 of the Real Life Podcast. Hello, welcome. I'm Tyler Uramchuk, joined by Wanye, Jay, Bag Milk. And it's very rare that we get a Chalmers appearance right off the bat in a podcast. Uh, but you're sort of doing the reverse Chalmers. You're going to join for a little and then dip out halfway through. Uh, yeah, I got to dip out. I gotta, I'm picking up some material and I have to meet a very important plumber and get him uh, get him going at a job. Let him know what the hell has to happen there so he does it properly. As someone who comes from a long line of plumbers, the Uremchucks are very deep in the plumbing community in Edmonton. Um, I, didn't I, know I respect that. that. Uh, my dad yeah, I didn't... My dad's run his own plumbing business for twenty one years now. Um, really? Yep. And I got allowed to say what it's called. Uh, Y2K Mechanical. It's his own. Like it's him, and he's buried. <laughs> yeah, he started it in 2000. Uh, no kidding. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Very on brand. So he's. It's basically just him, and he's had one other employee. He's had one employee for like the last 15 years, I want to say. And then he's always rotated. Like he sometimes he has a third. If things are going really well, he'll pick up a fourth for like a couple months. But usually it's just him and his employee, and they do plumbing stuff. And then I also have like. 
Uh, my uncle Brian worked for Star Mechanical, and I have cousins that work for Star and all that stuff too. So yeah, big plumbing family. Oh, long, long line of mechanical lineage in your family, eh? Which is why they're all terribly disappointed in me. I went the complete opposite route. I don't work with my hands at all. I, what? You know, the kind of job that people say they want when they don't understand what jobs are. Like, I want to work in sports. I want to be a sports broadcaster. I want to be a space cowboy. Like, why would anybody <laughs> look down on what you did? You killed yeah. it. Half kidding, half kidding. Uh, you know, you know what's the best part about your whole family being in that is, inevitably, your first, people's furnaces are going to always go down yeah. on like Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you have a built-in like person you can call when that happens. I was actually just at earlier today. Earlier today, I was at a slippery uh, <laughs> slippery streets out here, boy. Um, I was at an emergency no heat at uh, wow. one of the jobs that I. Uh, had done recently and uh, trying to fix the furnace. So it is get great. guys on call like that. It is great. Yeah. Like uh, when I moved into the place I'm living at now, we like redid the kitchen and you don't have to like hire anyone or anything like that. Like my dad is, he, he does all that shit, right? So it's, it is super handy. Like you want to, my sister redid her bathroom at her house and same thing. It's just like my dad gets all the parts at wholesale and all that. He does all the work himself. It's a great life. What's the perk that having your Tyler Urencheck as your son gets you? What do you hook him up with? Um, whenever he comes to, you know, like watch uh, the junior games I'm covering, I get him in for free. Um, nice. There we go. There's been the odd time, like I get Oilers tickets thrown my way. I make sure I always bring him. So, so those are Good. some of the perks. Uh, I I like to buy him Nation gear, so I'll buy him Nation gear and tell him that. Sometimes I'll just be like, oh yeah, they gave it to me. Don't worry about it, and I'll just give him the Nation hey. gear. Oh. The old, the old reverse, the old, that's like you don't even want the credit for purchasing somebody something. No, no. That's not how my family runs, in case you haven't figured it out. We don't like, you know, thank yous and all that. And it's just like, yeah, here, take it. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> they barely <laughs> acknowledge each other's existence. We nod at each other every four years. Yeah. Still looking for those attaboys, eh, buddy? Uh, he picked me up for curling a couple weeks ago and we didn't speak until we were in the car for about four minutes, like not even a hello or whatever. Like, how's it going? I hopped in. Why don't you end this standoff? Why don't you just go the other way over the top? And, Cause like, it's awkward. And if I There's did that, my dad would be like, what's your problem? Just get right in the car and just, just say, Hey dad, I love you, man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Can hey, you buddy. imagine? Dad, did you know something? I just want to tell you something. You're my best friend. <laughs> once, once i was uh this was a few years ago and i was driving and i was calling i had to call my girlfriend first and then i called my mom after I always end the phone call with the girlfriend kate bye love you and i was on the phone with my mom and i go kate bye love you and then it was just like silence and then she just laughed and we hung up the phone that was it what? that's the way we roll man <laughs> where were you born in a castle made of ice yeah, very hardened family. Good gravy. People listening might think I'm like joking or lying for the sake of this bit, but I'm honestly not. That's just the way my family is. What do you um, think you would? What do you think real? What do you think your dad would do, Tyler, if you did to him what I do to my dad to embarrass him? Which is sometimes I'll put my hands over his ears and I'll pull him in for the real thing and I'll kiss him right on the mouth. <laughs> oh wow! I don't think he would go as far to punch me in the face. Um, like he wouldn't go that far, but it would be like, I see. And that's the thing. I can't even wrap my head around doing that. Like, I just don't, I, that's no, that's not the way we roll. Um, anyways, this podcast is brought to you by Oodle Noodle, which is very warm and very friendly. Unlike my family, uh, check yeah, it out. Our for, motto is Oodle Noodle loves you for heaven's sake. Yeah. 
14 locations in Edmonton. 15 is coming soon, uh, as we've been doing for the last couple weeks. Someone's going to give me their oodle noodle order. And since Chalmers is finally on the podcast to kick it off, Chalmers, what's your go-to at oodle noodle? Uh, Tokyo Glaze. It's my favorite one. Oh, okay. nice. That's what I like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a, I'm a simple man. And so I like Tokyo Glaze. Um, like I said last time, I like the combo box and thousand year flavor. I'm not a big, not a curry fan. And I really, mm. I never really got into butter chicken, which I know is one of JR's favorite go-tos. That was Wanye's order last week. Um, Delicious. I wish I could replace my blood with butter chicken and just have it <laughs> course through my veins all day long. <laughs> so you can eat like Chalmers this weekend and uh, get the Tokyo glaze. Remember if you go in store, 10% of your purchase goes towards a local charity, which is all good stuff. Uh, Jay, you said on Monday that you would have more info on the charity for us this, uh, this episode. Is that true? Uh, yeah, we launched the video. I don't know if we've shared it yet or not, uh, across our channels, but, um, we yep. are partnered, uh, this week with, uh, the shoebox project, um, which, uh, provides, um, essentially gifts, uh, for, uh, women who are currently experiencing homelessness in the city. So these are kind of gifts of joy during the holiday season to, you know, let pe- some people know that, uh, People are thinking about them. So very interesting, powerful charity uh, that we're super pumped to be working with. Good stuff. Shoebox Project. Shoebox Project. Check it out. Video's coming soon. I wonder if there will be meme opportunities. Um, There was, oh, what was the sound bit that you guys used on one of the Oodle Noodle Instagram videos? That's lit. Yeah, that's going to be one of the buttons for hot and cold performers on Oilers Nation Radio now. (laughs) So an early tease for that. Um, Because now we have... Also tightly integrated. Because now we'll have Jay be saying that's lit, and then we also have Jay saying, "Well, that's my first princess fail." So I like Excellent. I like the board. The board's coming together here with Jay Downton buttons. Can you uh, can you chuck me some EP credits over at uh, ON Radio for these uh, cameos <laughs> I'm doing? Start up a cameo. There you go. <laughs> Sam Garner's on cameo, yeah, eh? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Is he embracing technology or does uh, he just read how much money he's made? Like, I think the players are bored. Yeah. They just want some connect connectivity. They should all come on our podcast. They should. Yeah. Um, well, they know how much money they might be losing next year off their contracts, and they're trying to uh, scrape together some change here because uh, that's been an interesting storyline over the last sort of week here is the owners asking players to push aside more money and all that. Uh, I, I have one thing that I want to get to in terms of next year's return to play. But around Edmonton, the Oilers made news in an odd way. I I don't know how exactly to approach this, but basically the unpaid bill at the hotel in Dallas, like to me, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, fucking Oilers, cheap Oilers or anything like that. To me, it's just like, man, that's how fucked up this pandemic is. Like the Oilers have the money to pay that, but things are so like, I believe them when they say it's just like an accounting glitched or it somehow got pushed aside. But that was a bit of an odd story to come out. It's interesting to see that how what the state of the hotel industry is, where yeah. they're late, or they're suing NHL teams for twenty grand, eighty grand. What was it? Thirty, I think. Yeah, it's crazy times, man. It is a very wild industry out here right now for business. I, I, so I don't know any of this. What's the story here? Uh, basically, the Oilers had a thirty thousand dollar bill at this Dallas hotel. And the Oilers, I mean, I assume they have some sort of system that pays these things off. They say there was an accounting glitch. Hotel in Dallas never got their money. They're now taking legal action. And when was this? Like right before the pandemic struck or what? 
It would have been on one of their road trips this season, yeah. And this just came out like a couple days ago. That's happening to me. Like it was just surprising to see, oh to see it come to that point because you would think it was it would be as simple as the hotel contacts the Oilers and is like, hey, we need this money or else we're gonna sue you. And the Oilers would have just been like, oh shit, yeah, we'll cut you a check once. But are they like furloughing shitloads of the staff at the OEG? Yeah, they are, which maybe complicates or probably. Well, the does email goes to furloughed at oeg.net. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I wondered. Is it just a, a product of the overall weirdness of everything that's going on that it just slips through the cracks? My my, I think the weird thing to me was that the reaction on Twitter was it was almost like for some people it was kind of like a gotcha type thing. Yeah, like <laughs> ah, the Oilers are this. Like they're that. I'm like, well, I don't know. I feel like on this one, there's probably a reasonable explanation to it because we're a company like the Oilers. I, they have twenty seven thousand dollars. It's do you know what I mean? Yeah. What? Well, at least in theory. We're talking a little bit about like you know money pandemic next season. I had heard that there are NHL teams, and this isn't a confirmed report or anything like that. But I had heard there are some NHL teams who are prepared. They think they're going to lose forty to sixty million dollars next season. Like and next if, season or the season twenty twenty so far? No, like next season to to play next cool. season. If they play a <laughs> sixty game schedule, they're going to lose forty to sixty mil. So what? and they're willing to well okay and that's the thing because I think the long term effects of not playing next season might be greater than that and I I think a team you know like Montreal Toronto I think you could throw all the Canadian teams in there then you got like the New Yorks and all that they can probably stomach it for a year because they know what's coming after that but I look at that number and I go Florida Arizona like Arizona especially how fucked are like. How what how can you even make that work? Like it's mind boggling. Thank God Daryl Cates owns the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. For real, man. Like back in the day when Pockington was the owner and like if people didn't buy enough Ford station wagons, Q three, everybody had to hold their paycheck for a week. Thank God Daryl Cates owns the Edmonton Oilers. Well, I wonder if this is gonna get contentious like it did between the players and Major League Baseball when they were figuring out their return to play. Because on today on dailyfaceoff.com the boys, uh, Cam wrote about it this morning. Uh, just got a quote from Elliot Friedman. The players just aren't very pumped on what the league has offered them in terms of uh, a rollback. Um, so from Elliot Friedman's player source, the, they said, "Why we just made a deal in the summer, which is the new CBA extension. So why should it be changed? In the past, when we've been unhappy with the CBA, we just had to live with it. We did this. Why did this get proposed so late? And why do they need to hold a gun to our head? If we agree to this, who's to say it won't happen again? And if they knew this was going to be, uh, this was going to happen all along, why didn't they propose it when we were organizing the CBA back in the summer? Well, because nobody knew what the fuck was going to go on, first of all. Yeah. And I Remember think, when we all shut down in March? They're like, you'll be back up in six hours. You're like, I don't know. I, I say this, man. I still remember watching that last Oilers-Jets game and talking to my buddies at the BPs and being like, ooh, NBA shutting down, like, this might be the last Oilers game for a few weeks we see. And it was like, holy shit, never mind, a few weeks, like almost half a fucking year. And I I just think that even at the time when they negotiated that new CBA, there was more optimism that like by January they could have people in arenas and that just hasn't come true. So it's just owners scrambling a bit. Where And I, I really don't like siding with the owners in these in these disputes. But what Why? else? 
Because I, I feel like for the owners, they, look at the value of franchises in the NHL over the last 10, 15 years. Usually these franchises are making a ton of money. The owners sort of reap the benefits when things are going really, really well. So when things are going bad, I think you can't just sit there and go to the players and be like, help us, help us. When, you know, things are going good, you see your franchise go up to be worth, you know, a billion dollars, right? I think there's a difference between like, oh, there's a regional recession in the northeastern U.S. and Bruins tickets are down 12% versus we're not allowed to have fans in the stands. Like, this isn't something that I think the owners can be asked necessarily to shoulder on there. And they're not. I mean, everybody's rolling back. And and where I was going with that was usually I'm not like that. But in this case, I, I am a little bit on the owner's side, particularly because you mentioned Major League Baseball bag milk. That big debate was because the owners wanted, or they were getting prorated salaries, but the owners wanted it prorated and chopped down even further. And that's why they eventually held out and just played a 60-game season because then they only had to pay pay the players a small percentage of their actual pay. The NHL owners aren't asking for prorated salaries. They're asking for deferrals, which I think is completely fair to go to a player who, one, it's not like many of these players are struggling financially. They should be fine. So to go to them and say, hey, you got to take now 20% off your salary next year, but you're going to get it back in five, six years' time, I think that's a pretty reasonable ask. And that's why I don't think this is going to get super ugly. Is it a deferral or is it an increase to escrow? It's a deferral. So escrow is going to be 20% next year, I believe. And there's already a 10% deferral built in that is going to be paid out in three years' time over the course of three years. So if you look ahead to the next six years, it'll be paid back in years four, five, six. The owners are now asking for like another 12% on top of that. So the reason that I side with the owners on this one is because anybody who runs a business, you know, like if you, if you can't shoulder this by yourself and if you decide that it's just not worth shouldering, you could basically just shut up, shut shop and, and all your employees are now out of work. But obviously in hockey, that's a lot harder. But my question is, is really, what is the what would happen if the NHL decided they were coming back and this is what the year was going to look like and they didn't have fans and a team like Arizona or a team like Florida the owner basically just said listen i'm not we're not playing we're opting out i'm not paying my players like they have they have to cut they have to um what's it called uh, live up to their contracts right like there's they can't do that right there's no there's no like way that an owner could just opt out of the season and say Listen, I can't afford to pay the employees. Therefore, I'm shutting this business down. I'm not shutting the team down fully, but we're not playing this season. I think the I don't think the NHL would let it get to that point. I don't think the NHL would table something without the agreement and sign off of all 31 owners being like, "Looks good, looks good, we can do that." That's a pretty crazy gulf, though, as an owner to have to bridge, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care who you are, like Eugene Melnick, like wasn't he like trying to bet a backer at to pay a UFA or some shit? He told Eric Carlson he had to pay him back $300 for an Uber ride. Wow, but that's not because he's going to put that into general revenue and meet payroll. That's he might, though. Dip. But, like, fucking hell, what's an average NHL team worth? $200 million? Oh, no more than that. I also oh, just think next year we're probably going to see, like, organizations are already at this point, and I don't think it's going to change next season, but it'll be bare-bones staffs, right? Like, I think even a scenario where every team around the league kind of has like, you know, a couple social media content creators, a couple website guys, a couple people doing media for them, all that stuff. Like that's just going to get slashed, slashed, slashed. And, and it's going to be a bit of a different year just in the way we like observe and take in the NHL as well. 
you know the guy that you had on the podcast on Monday? What was his name again? Cam, Cameron, Cameron Hughes. Hughes, author of King of Cheer. Cameron. If you if you missed the interview, go check it out. It was fantastic. Did you guys by any chance ask him how much revenue he was going to lose? <laughs> Not going to all these. Like, does he still get paid actively for no. going to these events? No, he's no, a gig no worker, man. What's he what? going to do? He's a gig worker, right? Like, he, he doesn't have, like, one no, full-time I mean. employer. No. no, that's what I mean. But, like, he, he gets uh, he gets flown around to do these different appearances at these different games, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, if he's still doing that. It's his whole business. Well, no, there's, like, no he, would, he wouldn't be doing that. So I think that's great timing to be launching a book. But I think, I think if I was reading between the lines, I think he does some consulting. Does it sound like on like fan experience? <laughs> I just imagine him doing a PowerPoint presentation from a boardroom showing like a diagram. How to be a fan? <laughs> dancing up and down the aisle, throwing out shirts, and then collecting ninety grand for his trouble. You remember? Uh, you remember yeah. you talking about uh, that story where he stretches like if Rogers had stretched near like the the rest area, uh, like yeah. underneath. Josh Park has seen him do his like <laughs> pregame routine. He's like it's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> he was a funny guy. Um, That's a good point though, Chalmers. That like. There are some jobs that are just not, it's like the economy being unplugged from the wall in this pandemic, right? You yeah. could be the best fan experience engagement guy in the world. If there isn't an aisle to dance in, you cannot do that on Zoom. No. Yeah, you're bang on with that. And uh, Jay, I think you're right. I think he did kind of say like teams will call him in and be like, what can we do here? What can we do here? So, uh, but I mean, there's probably not much of that going on right now either. Yeah, I, that's I think right. uh, the Edmonton Oilers have bigger fish to fry than how loud the upper level is at uh, Rogers Place, which was another interesting part of our conversation with him, actually. Uh, Wanya, you'll like this. He said that teams should be going and finding 15 to 20 diehard fans and putting them in one section to start cheers. Fuck yes, Karen. That's what I've been saying. I was going to say, yeah. I Listen, feel like I, I feel like someone on this podcast had that idea and brought it to the Oilers at one point. Yeah. And can we, we say that? Of course we can. Oh, I said it last week, Wanye. Yeah. That's all right. There's- November 30th of 2019 was supposed to be the first nation section test pilot night. There. I said it. It's out there now. Someone got cold feet last and the oil were, all, The oil were excited. Guess who? The oil were excited, Buster Hart. You were getting a whole section of tickets? Well, a big block. We were like the knot hole gang? Yeah, yeah. 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 The glory hole remember gang. The, remember the knot hole gang? That's in Vancouver. Do I, remember, do I remember the knot hole gang? Of course I remember the knot hole gang. Get your tickets to Safeway. Go to go see Nanook, the game. Nanook, the uh, polar bear guy. <laughs> Nanook and Punter. Yeah, I remember being actually sitting in the knot hole gang, and Nanook jumped off a diving board into a child's pool that he had on the running track. And then proceeded to almost drown, and was like stumbling around. Everyone's like, "Yay!" I'm gonna, and then, I'm, like, gonna, I'm gonna jump back on here, boys. I love you guys. I'll see you later. I love oh, you. Yeah. I love you're you. Jumping. You're that your M Chuck? I love you. Your M Chuck. That makes me uncomfortable, but I love you too. <laughs> Say it. Oh, yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> I'll be back. You guys are gonna kiss. <sighs> and then I remember Nanu stumbling around and his head popping off, and like water pouring out of the suit. And the guy in the suit had absorbed all this water from the child's pool <laughs> and was like drowning inside Nanu. I'm like, as a kid, I was like, that'd be crazy if Nanu died in front of everyone. Jeez. See, it's stories like this why Yeg Bossman gave us a five star review that says, Weird Guy Smiling While He Walks His Dog is the title of this review. He said, I had a fit of laughter over last episode, which I am sure unnerved some of my neighbors as I walked uh, 88 Boulevard. 
Ada Boulevard? Where's that? Ada Boulevard. Oh, yeah. Exactly that is. As I walked along Ada Boulevard, walking my dog, listening to a bunch of dudes talk about their drinking careers. The overpriced but high-quality invisible AirPods made them think I was laughing maniacally to myself. Keep it up. Keep it real. And thanks for the sacrifice. I hope to hear more about the Nation Machine. That comes from Yeg Bossman. Oh, I know. I know exactly who that is. Uh, that's a good review. That's awesome. Thank you, boss man. Was that our we'll be in uh, touch? Was that our only new review? Uh, I did get one. We did also get one from Connor Lee on ninety seven. Says, uh, "Does Chalmers need? Does Chalmers need some employees?" I'm moving oh. to Edmonton in January, and I have some experience in carpentry and framing. Great pod. Listen to every single episode. Well, Connor Lee on ninety seven. If you want your time in Edmonton to last more than twelve seconds. I wouldn't go anywhere near the Chalmers Corporation. They'll leave you hanging mid-job and go do something else. They'll force-feed you Red Bulls that he's not allowed to drink anymore. I was going to tell a joke about the Chalmers Oodle Noodle combo, which is two giant Red Bulls, a Slurpee, and a pack of smoke. <laughs> yeah, and a 7-Eleven pizza. He doesn't smoke anymore, and he doesn't drink Red Bull. So now uh, it's just a, a, a snifter, a whiskey, and a, what do you say? Tokyo Glyph. Well, That's thank good. you, everybody, for your nice reviews. That yep. is very kind. Very much appreciate them. Uh, I can't for the life of me, your M checks, figure out. Because this is like, a, to use a Slurpee analogy, this is a half and half, this cup, right? Okay. Half of it is you trying to be like, hey, everybody, did you see Mitch Morose's plus minus? And then the other half of the show is like, <laughs> shut up, your M check, one time 20 years ago. And then extreme detail and nothing related. But I can't for the life of me figure out what people actually want to hear. I think they won exactly that. Also, Mitch Moreau's two assists in 16 games with the Idaho Steelheads last year. So good job, Doing Mitch. Unbelievable. Former unbelievable. Edmonton Oil King, Mitch Moreau's as well. Um, yeah, he, was but, a, he was a man amongst boys in his Oil King days. Yeah. Um, also, that was a guy that uh, Low Tide had me convinced, <laughs> convinced I needed to know years ago. Yeah. Mitch Moreau's and Cam Abney. Uh, Cameron Abney <laughs> spe- Speaking of the Oil King Someone When I reached out A couple weeks ago And put out the call For listeners to submit questions Someone said Can you give us a scouting report On the two kids On the Edmonton Oil Kings And uh, I can step up now And do that Dylan Gunther Very very good uh, Some like Described by some As the next Nugent Hopkins Kind of Like the big thing Coming out of the <clears throat> WHL no, easy, easy. Uh, Don't give these word. kids these big shoes to fill. So he he's probably going to go like top five, top ten in the draft next year. And the Oil Kings also have this kid between the pipes, Sebastian Cosa. And I remember Is he the new Gump Worsley. Pretty close. I remember he uh, unbelievable. Except, except he came to camp as like a sixteen-year-old, and he was six foot six, two hundred pounds. Like he's just Whoa, a fucking beast, man. And he's probably going to go first monstrous. round. He might be that the first goalie kid. taken in the draft next year. Uh, he's very, very good. Cool. So That's a monstrous kid. I'm trying to wrap my head around the size of it. Huge. Oh, it's insane. It's a, it, Yeah, like you'd watch him in that first camp, and it was just like, how the fuck are you like the one of the youngest players on the ice right now? Because it was crazy. And last year he was, I mean, he was one of the better goalies in the dub last year, and he was only like 17 or whatever, 16 turning 17. So, uh, yeah, those Oil Kings, they turned out some good talent. They turned out Mitch Moraz. And Griffin Reinhardt. It's just bad. It's sad that all of the oil kings that don't work out at the NHL level come through the Oilers, and all the ones who do go on to do really good things don't. Like, I mean, even Laurent Brassois, he gets the best hockey of his career in Winnipeg. Never mind Edmonton, and then like Reinhardt, Henrik Samuelsson was in the system for a little bit. Then you look at like I Tristan thinking, Jari and Mark Pesic. Okay. 
absurd. But I remember thinking when the Oil Kings came out, or maybe being sold this by the OEG, like, we're going to get such good looks at these junior kids. We're going to get all these sleeper picks because we know them so well. So I was like, oh, it's going to happen. Has there been any real Oil King impact on the Oilers lineup? No. And like, even even from that perspective, like, oh, we're going to get some good sleepers and all that. They invited Trey Fix Wolanski to their rookie camp, didn't sign him. He went out and put up like a hundred and some points in the WHL. Then Columbus drafts him and signs him. And it's like, there was your chance to be like, oh, here's our sleeper pick from the Oil Kings we're going to take. And you had him in camp and didn't sign him. So. Here's what I'd do if I was the Oil Kings. I'd hire you, your Remchuk. You get no equipment. You get nothing. You get to sit at training camp and you just thumb up, thumb down like the Emperor in, uh, what was the movie? Uh, Gladiator. That's the one. And then just like guys are like, you have a 15-minute tryout for your Remchuk, no other scouts. Mm-hmm. And you just look and you're like, I don't like what I see. I'm like condemned not. to the ash heap of history. I am not mean enough to do that, and I do not have a scout's eye at all. I would not be able to tell you who's good and who's Listen, not. Listen, you told Chalmers you love him more than you told your own dad. You are that mean. <laughs> that's actually, that's a fact. That's a fact that has come out on this podcast. So, all right. <sighs> now seems like a good time to let you know about our friends at Twig and Berries. Twigandberries.ca. <laughs> They love you, and they will say that they love you. All you got to do, twigandberries.ca, go check it out. They got their own brand of underwear, Nutsack, which everyone on this podcast has except for me because I haven't had I'm the time. Right now. I haven't had the time to drive to Little Brick and pick them up, but I will get them soon. Uh, they got a ton of sweet stuff. They got some flannels up now that look nice and fresh, some baseball tees. Uh, if you use the promo code NATION15, you get 15% off your order. They also have a nice holiday collection. It's the Holiday Box. You get a hoodie, their they're very popular Connor hoodie, a pair of their nutsack underwear, a pair of socks, a wallet, a tumbler, and a toque. That's valued at way more than $150. You get it for $150. Promo code NATION15 as well gets you 15% off. There you go. That's your Christmas shopping. I just did it for you. Well, me and twigandberries.ca. Tyler, I feel like you'd like to know that I'm wearing my nutsack undies right now. They are freshly washed and a beautiful gift wrapping around the package. I you think- wash your underwear? Wow, we <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Quarterly, yep. Quarterly. Bezos on the call. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, my nut sacks are in the queue to be donned tomorrow, so can't wait. I think a better play bag milk would be to just put them on, do the podcast, and then take them off and lay them next to your laptop for the next podcast. That'd be nice. I can do that. It'd be just inspirational, actually. I'd be inspired for the content that provided me with nut sack undies. Mm. All right. Twiggenberries.ca. Nation 15. Nation 15. Oh, while we're on the topic of products, Nation Beer was doing celebrity drop-offs? We're doing one this weekend. Details? With our favorite, with our favorite he- he- heavy metal guitarist. Is he a bass? He's bass or guitar? I think he's guitar. bass. Oh, he's no, guitar. guitar. Chris. He's fucking whales. He yeah. is the bass. Yeah. Our boy from Chris. Edmonton's very own Striker. Yeah. Chris Seeger. <laughs> So, yeah, him and uh, sales guy Jared are hitting the streets. Uh, you know, we're going back to our roots of Nation Beer, uh, especially because it was winter when we launched it, and uh, doing uh, becoming Beer Santa and doing uh, citywide deliveries. So they've got a big, busy weekend ahead of them. So if people want to meet Chris Seeger and sales guy Jared as well, I suppose, um, they just need to order Nation Beer this weekend and it'll get dropped off at their place? Mm-hmm. This week, they're oh, doing okay. the delivery this weekend. This so week. I think okay. the cutoff might be later today or tomorrow at some point. Jared picked up all the beer. So, yeah. 
So for those of you who have ordered already, thank you very much. And if you want to order, go to uh, Oilers Nation on Twitter or Nation underscore ON on Instagram. We've got the links. They're right there, ready for you. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, uh, or you can just Google Dog Island, Dog Island Brewing, and it'll go right to their website. We're right on there on the front page, whichever you prefer. This Google thing is fascinating. I think it might stick. Uh, while I'm we're on the, the Lycos to- man myself. <laughs> while we're on the topic of uh, Nation products and doing our housekeeping here for the week, uh, blackout gear, nation gear. We've plugged it a few times. I'm excited for it. I've been watching the teasers. I want some. I'm going to demand it. Uh, but mm-hmm. w- when will it go on sale? And uh, is there anything else you can tell us about that? Yeah, we're. I think we're going to do a Black Friday week uh, and launch on Monday. So stay tuned for that announcement on that. We're just making sure that we've got everything set up to do so. But we want to kind of stretch things out because people. Uh, I want to give people more time to shop online because I know people maybe aren't as comfortable heading out to to stores and whatnot. And normally we do pop-up events around all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, we think we're going to stretch it out a little bit longer, open up a big enough window, especially because uh, we're bringing back some uh, some of the OGs that have been uh, in high demand. So we want to make sure everyone has a chance to, to purchase and get them in time before Christmas. I was working at Little Brick, uh, putting together all the coffee club boxes. Shout out to myself, yeah. courtesy of myself. But there was a like a checklist on the wall from a pop up from November 2019 at the brew house, and it had like a poppy sticking through it. And I was like, "Man, this is weird. It's like visiting a relic from another era." Like, if you go back and talk to 2019, you'd be like, "Do you want to hear about November 2020, motherfucker?" Well, the weird Ugh. thing, too, is about, like, with social media giving you reminders on Instagram or just, like, throwing back, like, I just a little while ago, probably about 10 days ago, maybe a little bit more, we passed by our first brunch party of the year last year where we all went and got together and watched a, uh, a matinee against the Penguins. And it's just, like, I miss our events so much. We may have already, I don't remember, Jay, we may have already gotten a trip into... Uh, to Calgary. Calgary by now? Yeah, I think we did one like mid-November last year. It's like I miss those things more than you could ever imagine. Yeah. I only got I only got the one trip to Calgary with you guys. That's all. And, and I loved it. I can't wait again. Vegas too. Like, uh, And we had so many plans. Or I shouldn't say we. I'm not a part of the nation trip planning. But uh, you guys had so many plans for this coming season. And what I think you can been. say we or Amtrak or Tooth Magic your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> It you does. can say we go on wearing all burgundy today, but man, it would have been a fun year if this dang COVID thing didn't get in the way, I guess. We also make a promise to ourselves. And on the other side of this, we're all going to be 10 times more reckless. More no, reckless. Oh, Chalmers yes, is back. Your... Whoa. Whoa. What? How is the plumber? <laughs> Everything canceled. I want an update. He's great. He's great. He's, uh, he's just unloading some text water lines now and he's going to go in and, you're running totally text run. on this job, eh? You're running text? Yeah. 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 Right. What kind of job are you looking him to do there? Uh, so he is roughing, or what? He's doing the roughing. He's roughing in the plumbing for a basement development. Great oh, yeah. big basement development. It's got a full wet bar and a full bathroom. What, is like so, a sex room someone's installing? What do you got? No sex rooms. Nope. Nope. Just your simple run of the mill. One bedroom, one closet, one oh, linen yeah. closet, big, huge, great room, big little kind of a little library area and then yeah basement development man i don't know what else to tell you <laughs> i think you're you think you're doing a great thing yeah i think it's great people too. need basements 
it seems like it seems like that's what my uh, company does the most of right now. I've got quite a few on the go and a couple more starting here right away. So now you build you built mansions in the past, Charlesies, right? I have built some huge, houses. some big ass shacks. Has yeah. anyone, be honest, have you ever had to do a house with like security measures, like a panic room or a safe or any oh, yeah. crazy shit? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the one actually that comes to most mind was um, an insurance rental. Um, my my uncle used to own a house building company back in the day, and when my father sold his first house building company, I went and worked with my uncle, and we were building what would amount to red brick Georgian and Victorian style mansions. And they were, they were massive. They were huge. And basically the, the employees were me and my uncle, my uncle. And I was just kind of his right hand guy at that point. And we then, we, we weren't that company when this happened, but a house that he had built about 12 years before that, uh, flooded from the second story and it ruined everything. They were away. And, um, Sex room overflow? What happened? Yeah, the sex room yeah. overflow. That everything, happened. Everything was gone. It was um, it was over a million dollars worth of a, of an insurance claim. And when I when we went in there, he basically like insurance companies kind of they they step back on that. They pay out what the what the house was worth, and they kind of say, you know, do your own thing. And because we had done the work, and there's really specialty uh, like finishings in those houses where we made them ourselves in a warehouse, like in a shop. And uh, that we owned, that we had. And um, so he said that we, I was the only one that was going to be able to do this. Since my uncle wasn't doing it, that I had to do it because he didn't trust anybody else to do it. And so I took on this house and he had the opportunity at that point to change uh, some of the layouts. And he did like a full whiskey bar in the basement, like all barreled ceiling, whiskey bar, like tequila room, cigar area, and then like a steam room with like a tiled mosaic where there are one inch tiles and there was a pattern of like a huge guitar on it and, uh, and a sauna right across and uh, a couple secret areas. You know, it was, it was kind of cool because to figure out the structural engineering of a, of a secret area. Secret uh, area. Why? They got a kid there a bear stuff. No, like to, to store stuff, you know, people got personal values. They, you know, there's a couple, there's been a couple of times where I've had to get cabinetry specialty, like specially made. Oh, did you do a thing where it was like they pulled the book on the shelf and then it moved a door? No, it wasn't <laughs> that. It was, he didn't want that, but definitely when you wall. So picture like a really nice paneled office that you've ever been in. And then if you could take one of the pieces of padding and it opened up like a six inch door and like, not like six inches thick, but like by, Four, four feet and it just swung open but when it shut the paneling completely matched it was pretty cool and then it was just like a basically an area to store like valuable safes and stuff like that so. that's where i keep all the jars of pee mm-hmm. yeah you never know when yeah. you're gonna need them you want to bust in and steal my pee you're gonna have to figure out which panel's fake yeah other <laughs> than that i don't like other than that i don't know it's been been pretty uneventful i mean you, you have your odd like granite countertops or quartz countertops that people want to light up from underneath. So there's that feature. I mean, I don't know. That's not a panic room. No. It's no I've, never done, I've never done like a panic room where the people had to legitimately like have a key code to get in the door. Or anything like that. I went to a gangster house one time in Mexico City. This is like one of the nicest houses I've ever been in my entire life. And I was talking to the guy yeah. and I was like, show me something gangster in this house. And he was like, you want to see our panic room? I was like, ha, 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 like the movie? And he was like, I don't I don't know what you mean. I'm like, there, there's a movie, Panic Room, and Jodie Foster. He's like, 
Do you want to see my panic room? Yes. <laughs> Never in my life. It's like you have a bank safe in your house. And basically, like, if the zombies broke in or a rioting group of narcos or whatever it would be, you can just go in this room, shut the door, and it has, like, its own air supply, its own power. And then, like, holy shit, people think they need these? Thank God I live where I live. Full disclosure. Yeah. I I saw Panic Room in the theater. Well done. I've never seen it. I might be the only person that can say that in this podcast. So that whiskey room could have been... That whiskey room could have been considered somewhat like a panic room because it did have a really thick self-closing and locking door. Um, Except that it's a real panic room. If you locked me in with whiskey after about eight bottles during a a big event, I'd be like, I'm drunk on rye. I'm going to fight all the zombies. And I go charging out. You don't need a panic room. Yeah. Panic rye. (laughs) Like at the end of I Am Legend. Oh, yeah. So that's my exploits for the day. That's, uh, That's my one meeting. Now I'll go do something. <laughs> anyway, right. what did you guys talk about while I was gone? Can't remember. Uh, I, I actually, I don't remember either. What What was the last thing you heard? Twig and Berries, Nation 15. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about underwear for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we actually talked about a lot of underwear. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on what I have. Oh, uh, Wanya finished his story about almost watching Nanook die. Oh, my God. What oh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Also, here's something that, uh, what do you guys think of the new fleets on Twitter? So weird. Why do we need to do this? So stupid, right? I don't get it. My first fleet was saying, what what, what am I supposed to do here? You know what? I just posted, I just posted a picture of Wayne in the OVO hoodie. How about this? Our first fleet on the real life podcast account will be this 10 second audio clip of us talking about how fleets suck. I yeah, just don't get it. Should fleet away. It's like Twitter. You could have done better things than just yeah. rip off Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and, and LinkedIn's got freaking stories going now too. Really? What so do if, you... if I'm on if, if I'm on Instagram, where do I go to see a fleet or to do? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, first well, of all, you'd yeah. have to exit Instagram and go to Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Twitter. Oh, I thought you said it was on Instagram. No, they just the exact same thing as stories on Instagram, but they stuck it on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter. Twitter's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TikTok's yeah. where it's at. Once TikTok's TikTok starts at. putting together stories, then I'm going to be real upset. It's, they're all just like merging into one thing. Yep. Yeah, that is, that's actually, that's true. All right. Um, I think it's time to talk a little sports betting, boys. I just updated yeah. uh, all the picks and all that. So uh, let's bring in our friend Scott Hastings from Oddshark. Let's get on to that. Oddshark.com, your spot for sports betting information. Everything you need. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. Whatever sort of info you need to become a more smarter, better, you can find it at oddshark.com. They also have a great staff of experts like our friend Scott Hastings, who joins us now. And uh, if you need some help hey. with your picks, whatever you need. Scott and the crew at Odd Shark are there to help you. Scott, how's it going? Hey, fellas, what's going on this week? You look like you were cosplaying Star Wars. You and Bag Milk. Yeah, yeah you guys oh, got yeah, the, you, we're matching. You got the hoods up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are, right. I got a hoodie on. I can do this. There we Team go. Hood. I, hoods up. I can't. I can't because I got the big season, headphones. But. Hey, Jay, it's always hood season for you. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he could be referring to. Scott, 
Scott, what do you think of the new fleets on Twitter? Oh, I, think I don't we, like them. Oh, yeah, you don't like them? I don't think anyone does. No. No. I don't get well, it. I didn't, no. I, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, just messing around. Oh, I Scott. Scott, our connection is not good right now. I'm going to cut yeah, you off. Your fleets, your fleets are killing your Wi-Fi. Yeah, the fleets are killing your Wi-Fi. Um, all right, let's hope this gets a little bit better, but it should. Uh, we, we never have internet problems with Scott. Uh, all right, let's dig into the NFL. We're going to get to our picks a little bit later. Uh, but I, I lost wanna... again last week, didn't I? No, you had Steelers. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, you were the only one that actually Good won win. his pick. Because... I lost. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Chubb screwed me last week. Why doesn't he run that in? Scott, how no, that was that was painful. That's a bad beat. Yeah, that was great advice there. Take your hood off, JR. Jay, with your yeah, the, the hood is messing with your headphones. Nick <laughs> <laughs> Chubb screwed me last week. I provided great <laughs> betting advice, and for some reason, he doesn't march that into the end zone. I had the did Texans. Anybody, I had the Texans plus four in a parlay. So I was. Did any of us? Did any of us have the Bills? Ah, uh, new. No. Oh, that would have been great. I, I went the opposite way on that game. I had the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Do you remember my money maker parlay? You take Tampa because you believe oh, in Brady being pissed and the point and, <laughs> and the over. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Right. Yeah, so okay, now that we're into the picks, I want to talk Thursday Night Football, but Chalmers, you had Seahawks plus two, so you were off. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I had Ravens minus seven. I was off. That cost me a lot of money. Uh, Browns mm-hmm. minus three is what we had it at on here. Um, so, Jay, you would have had a wash. You would have... I'll take the wash. You'll take the push. <laughs> and Bag Milk nailed his. Scott, you went one for three. Yeah. Oh, he's human. Yeah, he's human. That was bad. That was bad. Although, no, it was a weird. The, it was a weird week, Scott. I don't think you are bad. I think you're great, and <laughs> I think we all are great. And I think that was just a really stupid, fucking week because I lost almost everything I did. Well, the Giants Philly game headed at forty four and a half, finishes at forty four, and the Patriots Baltimore ahead at forty four and a half, finished at forty, and they didn't score any points in the fourth quarter. So you know. We were close. We were in that. We were in the realm. Scott, that uh, actually kind of that kind of brings me into my rookie my rookie betting question of the week. Um, uh, I know you've talked about as the week kind of goes on before. Sometimes the lines change, which makes sense. Is there a better time? Maybe this is too generic a question. Is there a better time in the week to find value on betting lines? I think that depends on what you're looking for. It's it's a hard question to answer because sometimes waiting. Uh, let me bring up a game this week that I think the line will move. Um, trying to see here. This is this is bad on the fly. Just some sometimes you just know that public money. Atlanta, New Orleans. There's one for you. I think the line's at plus five for Atlanta, minus five New Orleans. And New Orleans, of course, will not have uh, Drew Brees, uh, and it's coming off a loss. Oh no, they won. But Atlanta's sort of been turning the corner. They've been looking more of a competitive team. So I think a lot of people are going to bet down Atlanta. So if your initial instinct was to bet on New Orleans, you might get them at minus four come kick kickoff. So it's sort of identifying where you think most people are, are also going to go. So it, it's a tough one to answer because sometimes early in the week, you may be like, I got to get this line now because it's going to move. 
And there's other times like, I think a bunch of suckers are going to bet the other side of this. I'm going to wait till Sunday afternoon and hammer the other side. So I don't have a, a perfect answer for you. It's almost a, I've got reaction. And sometimes you get screwed when you think that a line's going to move one way and it goes the other way and you just got to suck it up, I guess. What about variables the, in sports, I guess. What about on the yeah. over-under, Scott? Because I bet you if uh, on Friday, if you would have known it would have been a monsoon in Boston mm-hmm. on Sunday, you probably would have taken the under. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a, definitely a factor. And same with the Houston-Cleveland game. Uh, that was oh, that a was complete gross. gong show. And, and, of course, it got delayed a half hour or an hour, whatever it was, because of their, their weather. So, yeah, weather can impact things. It's, you know... It, but I, I'm sort of 50-50 on weather, especially rain. Because some people will say, if it's raining, take the under. But you also get like a cornerback that will slip in that rain and then somebody busts a 70-yard run or a yeah. touchdown that they shouldn't have. So I think the rain can go either way. It was the wind that was the big factor uh, this past weekend that I, I think throws. Then you, you have no passing game. Mm-hmm. I, heard a, I heard somebody say that they think that the uh, stadiums are windier because there's no fans. Hot, Wouldn't you need fans to be windy? I guess that logic plays. No, but like, well, like it's the, creating the, the, the a wind, wind tunnel, is, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like creating a wind tunnel in, and there's no people standing up to kind of break that wind tunnel. And that because I've I've noticed a lot more windy games. And when he when the person said it, I was kind of like, holy crap, that makes a lot of sense. Like, because I've noticed a lot of windy games. I don't know. Interesting. Has there been fewer false starts this year with no fans? Oh, I think we might have lost Scott. It, he's got the exclamation point over his photo on our FaceTime call. Uh, oh, oh, he's I'm back. Here. You're back. Yeah. Uh, Bagmilk, what was your question? I was just wondering if you guys noticed that. Has there been fewer false starts because of no fans being in the building? I think they were talking about uh, more offsides have been happening. Okay. So, because they've been, they've been get quarterbacks are getting there. It's, it's, the quarterbacks are getting to the line. And they're, 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 they're Ooh. Ooh. This internet connection today with Scott. Scott's having a rough day. Chalmers, I think we're getting an echo from you now, too. <laughs> what a mess. Man, our listeners right now, you're if you're one of the guys walking your dog listening to this podcast, you're probably sitting there being like, what in the fuck is going on with these guys? Um, but yeah, I, I think the no crowd with things like offsides and stuff, I'm sure that's definitely a factor, even for like a road team, right? To not have to deal with with the difference of the crowd being on your side for one end or not. And we got Scott Hastings back again. Ah, these <laughs> modern technology, Scott, I tell you. Yeah, uh, but what are you saying? It's more offsides, actually? Yeah, that, that's what I was hearing, I think, two weeks ago. One of the games I was hearing <laughs> that we're talking about, there was a lot more uh, offsides thus far because yeah, they're just getting defenses to jump. Interesting. I, I'm going to jump right into one of the big questions I had for you this week. NFL MVP, it's become, a, I mean, a bigger debate than it was three weeks ago when a lot of people were like, oh, Russell Wilson looks like he's got it cornered and all that. But wh- what, are, what are the odds makers saying right now? And do you have a pick? Is there someone you like for MVP this year? Yeah, it looked like Russ was going to get his first MVP vote, which is crazy to me. Uh, that's been the narrative all year that he hasn't got a single vote, uh, which is insane. Uh, but he, he's been the favorite uh, for the last, like you say, five, six weeks. He was even the chop, like minus one ninety at one point. He's now second to Patrick Mahomes. Didn't, didn't even play last week uh, at plus one eighty. Russell Wilson plus two twenty five. Aaron Rodgers plus. 
100 Josh out plus 2000. Um, yeah, so uh, personally, it, it's understandable that Patrick Mahomes is the top dog. You know, he's 25 touchdowns to just one interception. Uh, he's probably going to be second in passing yards once all the bye weeks come out. He's he's just about 100 yards shy of Russell Wilson. But the one guy that I think is providing tremendous value is Ben Roethlisberger at plus 2,500. If Pittsburgh runs the table, why would he not get a nod here? Uh, it seems a little ridiculous to me. His stats aren't as impressive as the Russell Wilsons and Patrick Mahomes's and, and whatnot, but Quite simply, if, if Pittsburgh goes sixteen and zero, like his name has to be mentioned in the MVP race. And, uh, and the other other the other guy that I would think is given uh, good value is Aaron Rodgers, of course. Uh, his connection with Devontae Adams this year has been terrific. Twenty six touchdowns to three interceptions, and and he's had to deal with some injuries. Devontae Adams missed some time. Um, I think there was one game there that they didn't have their top two wide receivers, and they were missing. Tanya in there on uh, as their tight end so uh Rogers has had to overcome some injury adversities and, and continues to move forward so it, it, I understand why Mahomes is the favorite but I, I think Roethlisberger and Rogers are, are where the value is and Scott where's my boy Kyler Murray because he has to be within the in the top 10 yeah he's fourth at plus 550 don't you think that's incredible value I mean there's a guy who's like I think he's sixth overall in the league in rushing yards you know, and every week he's winning games, and yeah. especially with last week. I know I'm not trying to play like prisoner of the moment here just because of the A.O. Murray, but, like, he's been <laughs> playing well all year and winning games. If they win um, the division, if they win the division, I've got to think that he is top, is, is one of the top three for the MVP. The thing that makes it difficult is he – Josh Allen also runs the ball very effectively and is way more passing. Yeah. So I wonder if the two sort of cancel each other out, especially if Josh Allen and Buffalo uh, goes on to win the AFC East. Does that sort of neutralize Murray? Because he's doing it sort of the same thing, just with a better passing attack, whereas Kyler Murray's better effectively yeah. on, the, on the ground. So I, I don't know. I think they sort of cancel each other out uh, in the point. end. Let's uh, let's jump right into our picks for this week. Uh, before we get to Scott's, let's go around the horn and give ours. I already got mine written down on the Google Doc, uh, but let's go. I, I added up everyone's totals for this year. Chalmers, you're five hundred. You're five and five through ten weeks. I'm four and six. Jay is three six and one. Bag Milk is our leader at six and four. So we'll go. Uh, <laughs> That's embarrassing for all of you. <laughs> uh, let Let's go reverse order. Jay, you start. Who, where are you going for your pick of the week? Oh, wow. Um, I'm not going to touch my brownies, even though they should throttle. I just, because I just don't want to always be Browns, Browns, Browns. But if you feel, if you're going to make multiple bets, definitely take the Browns. Um, But my pick is I don't know why, but this one's jumping off the page of me is I think New England is coming, and I'd take New England minus two over Houston. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, you can head to oddshark.com, get all the latest odds for this week in the NFL. Uh, I'll go next since I'm second last on the year. KC rolling into Oakland or Vegas, taking on the Raiders, coming off their bye week. Uh, your colleague at Oddshark, Joe Osborne, has some great numbers on the Chiefs coming out of their bye week. And I'm a big fan of Joe, so I'm tailing him on this one. I'm taking KC minus seven and a half is what they are right now. Uh, Chalmers, where are you going? 
that's where I was going as well, but I will audible and okay. I will take what I don't understand this line and tell me Scott, if I'm missing something, but the Packers should definitely not be a plus two underdog, a plus two point underdog to the Indianapolis Colts. Explain yeah. me why that is. Yeah, no. Well, you know, the Colts defense is really, really scrappy and it is a little bit of a fishy line to me. I do like green Bay as an underdog as well, but, uh, you know, when there's a fishy line, there's always something at bay. So I, that's a stay away from me. But I do, I do like Green Bay in the heart of hearts. And that, that defense, though, that Colts defense is very underrated. So, so yeah. So I'm going to take the Green Bay. But I also want to make a comment as to why Bag Milk is winning this thing. And that is because we, uh, me, I know, I take, mm-hmm. this is like the third time I've taken an underdog to win, like, to, to cover. And that, doesn't always like that. I'm I'm playing a little risky. So bag milk, you're going chalk, and I get it. <laughs> Where are you going this all week? I, all I know is it's lonely here at the top, Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually, you know what? I'm going to take. Uh, I got. I'm going to take Cleveland. Yay! Philly is one and three on the road. They're rolling into Cleveland. Philly sucks. Philly's right. bad. Cleveland is back. So, uh, but yeah, uh, no, Cleveland. Cleveland needs to make a good performance. Scott, before we get to your picks, do you think you'd be wise to just fade the NFC East in every game they're playing this week? Except for when they're playing each other. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I sort of like them against Cincinnati, okay. um, Washington, that is. Uh, just I think their defense is better. And hey, Alex Smith, look at him last uh-huh. week. He was flinging the ball around almost at 400 yards. So we yeah, have, for the most part, fading uh, the NFC East is, is definitely a wise decision. Where are you going for your picks this week? Our expert picks. Yeah, well, I my best bet was the Patriots, so that one's already hey! yeah, that one's off the board. So I'll go somewhere else. Uh, well, you know, as much as you love Joe, I'm going to fade Joe, and I'm going to go on the Raiders plus seven and a half. You're talking about oh, the only no. team to beat Kansas City yeah. this year. The only team to beat Kansas City this year. Kansas City coming off the bye, that's nice. But they're also going into the black hole, the new black hole in Vegas. This Vegas team is scrappy as all hell, and uh, get, they're getting seven and a half points. I'll take that all day. Um, where else are we going to go now? I guess we'll go with those... Uh, Pesky Cardinals! Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with uh, the Jets and Chargers game, and I'm going to go over 47 points here. Uh, Flacco actually did somewhat okay the last time we saw him there against the Patriots. Um, and then just Phil, uh, Phil Rivers, I almost said that. Holy cow. Uh, uh, Herbert there is just slinging the ball over and over again. I think he picks this Jets defensive part. Uh, 47 points should come in easily. So I like the over 47 in there. And then we're going to go with, Oh, I really want that Patriots game. I'm going to go it. with Denver. Right. Denver plus three and a half home dogs to Miami. Uh, I just think that Miami's couple wins there under Tua, they, they've been doing it on defense. They've gotten a little lucky. I, I don't know if that's fair to say, but they've gotten a couple of defensive touchdowns. And that that doesn't that's not sustainable. And Tua's game, he had the one good game in his second performance, but his first and third games were just sort of mediocre. Going to Denver in that high altitude, they've got a bit of a scrappy team all around. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Denver plus three and a half in that one. Scott, good luck. I, this segment always gets me. I like that we moved it to Thursdays because it gets me so fired up for the weekend. Uh, good me luck. Too. Thanks, Scott.
Hell yeah. Over tonight too, boys. Let's go. Yeah, let's take that over tonight. Take the over tonight. Pound it. No, let's go. Do you not think the Cardinals have a chance tonight or what? (laughs) Sure. I like the Cardinals tonight. Why not? Okay, because I need to I need to make some money from last week, so I'm going to start off real big on the Thursday, where usually I'm I'm betting real big on the Monday just to try to chase losses. <laughs> Thursdays are more fun. They chase, are. So Chalmers is going Cardinals right. in the over. There you go. Thanks, Later, Scott. Guys. I'm uh, if you, you guys know me, I'm a big fan of the teaser bets, so I don't see how this bet loses tonight. I've said it now on the radio. I've tweeted it. I'm saying it on a podcast. You tease the Cardinals up from three to nine. So you get Cardinals plus nine, and then you tease the over down to 51 and a half. Cardinals plus nine over 51 and a half. How is that not hitting tonight? Cardinals fade your plus nine over yeah, 51 and a half in a parlay. Yeah, yeah. it pays minus 110 on the parlay. Yeah, go. I think go. it's going to be a three-point game either way. I just think this is how, this is how yeah. these two teams play. I think Arizona plays this way with a lot of teams. And we see it like it's either three win by three or five, you know, every week it seems like. Yeah, they're, and they're they're I'm actually good. excited to watch this game because really Mo- the Monday nighter was a dog breakfast. So I'm just looking for some entertainment. Tonight. Yeah, but the last Seahawks Cardinals game was probably the most exciting game of the year. So it was. It was good. So I'm ex- I'm super excited to play this Thursday nighter, and I don't know about this week. And I wanted to talk to Scott a little bit more about it, but it's not a big deal. But like this week to pick winners and spreads. It is a tough week, man. Yeah. There is a, it, it like just there's no for sure's other than you know your KC and your Baltimore and your your Pittsburgh right now. Even that, and even a, even that. I mean, like I've seen now to see Baltimore lose to New England every time one of those games happens, it just plants that seed of doubt and makes that team no longer like trustworthy or you know a hundred percent reliable, and so. Like, I don't know. It's been some weird stuff. But this New Orleans-Atlanta game, I, when he was talking about that, on fantasy football, there was sites that were playing Taysom Hill. Uh, he he is listed on their depth chart as a quarterback and tight end. Yeah, I have him as and a tight end in my ESPN league. There's a lot of fantasy leagues where, you, where he's allocated for either a QB or a tight end. Meaning, you could play him in your tight end slot and get, you know, what would have amount because I mean Jameis Winston is not going to play every snap like it's going to be yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in that game it's going to be one of the most interesting games of the weekend just to see because Jameis could either come out and throw three touchdowns three interceptions but with a weapon like Taysom Hill and the minute Jason Jameis I think gets into some trouble I think they put him in there and they just go hey let's see if he can throw the ball a bit I don't know I think it's gonna be interesting I love how this is mainly a hockey podcast and Chalmers is always like, why are you guys talking hockey? I hate, oh yeah, I'm not talking Oilers. And then as soon as NFL comes up, you're like Mr. Analyst. You got like numbers there coming is, everywhere. You're talking depth there charts. Is, okay, but here, in, in the middle of the season and cool stories, that's the problem with the NHL, man. It's got no, like, what's a cool story? Name name one cool story right now from the NHL. Well, no, it's just because yeah, the, NHL's, the NHL's on three. Retro jerseys? Cool. Reverse cool. retro. Yeah, reverse, reverse retro. retro jerseys. Nordique, Nordique's jersey and Harford Whalers jerseys. Like, yeah, that's cool. I get it. But that's, like, cool for a day. You know what I mean? I, I just think the, the difference is that the NFL is playing one day a week. If you play a team and there's a storyline against that team, you're only getting that matchup one, maybe two times a year. You got six days for the storyline to build up. In the NHL, right? Like, if there's a, you know, Edmonton-Calgary grabs the headlines. But if there was an interesting story between Edmonton and another team, 
I mean, like Edmonton against LA, like that game's going to happen four times a year, right? But if this year, I think we could have more storylines if they actually go the series route that they're talking about because they have to do weird shit for this upcoming season. I would you go to two or three games set against the Flames coming up on a weekend, that is going to be a great storyline. I, I think that the idea of playing a team two, three times in a row, I think that's brilliant. I think that could do a lot for the marketing of the league, building up hype for matchups. Yeah. I think it'd be amazing. I yeah. just think that like you've got to get these guys that wear helmets and are on the ice. You have to get their stories out. I mean, obviously, there's a very popular hockey podcast out there that you can listen to that constantly interviews these players and players from the past. And recently, they've had some good interviews. We were talking about Elias Patterson was on, and he's like, just didn't say a damn thing. And But like, just recently, they had a guy on that I knew from Edmonton. And like, you get to hear his story. And I, I don't know, they need to do better at, 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 at getting the players out there, telling their stories and not just not the boring ones, not Tavares, not Taves, not Nathan McKinnon. Like, I want to know about guys and their rise. And I don't know, I wish that we had an avenue to some of these guys because it's needed, man, like, to know more about players. I root for stories. That's my yeah. thing. And, well, and I'm with you, buddy. I can straight up put on, before, before tonight's Thursday night football game, if I want to make sure that I have that thing on on every TV in this house, I will make sure that my wife is watching 30 minutes before the game when they tell the pump-up story, you know, on like mm-hmm. Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. When they tell the backstory of the two teams, that immediately grabs my wife. Or, um, you know, and that's what it can do for everybody. And so, and now she'll want to watch the game. If I tell her, man, this is the game where, like, I told her about Buda Baker and DK Metcalf last week and showed her the clip. She was super pumped about it you know what i mean and like wanted to watch 100%, stuff 100 percent, buddy and just I for just, reference like the, i just it, think it, the nhl does a shitty fucking job at it and because the oilers are this way too and i don't have a problem saying this like they're scared of negative pr right you're scared of someone saying the wrong thing you're and, and the hockey players too i think are a bit of a different breed where they don't want to stand out they don't want their name in the headlines for the most part and i think that's also where sort of the issue comes in but I, I think, think it's about having a conversation with them that's not about necessarily the power play. It's about like maybe building the story of the person in the cut up and giving more people giving more people a why. Why should I love this guy? Like and building all that. Like storylines like Battle of Alberta's, we need more of that stuff to create storylines game between games. Similarly like how like wrestling just does it, but they fabricate it. But like Chalmers, we've had roster oilers agree to come on the podcast but to all be shut down by Oilers PR. I know, and it's it's embarrassing. Frankly, I think it's embarrassing because a little bit of bad press should not outweigh the amount of good it could come because when you have a guy like me who's in my, you know, I'm a 18 to 30, 18 to 44-year-old male, and I <laughs> love, I'm just saying, I'm their demographic, yeah, and I yeah. am, and I love hockey, and I grew up with hockey, and I like to watch it when I bet on it, I like to watch it in the playoffs, but I am not sucked in by the people who need to suck me in. And it's it's a constant thing. And you guys always wonder why I don't want to talk more hockey. Well, because, frankly, it's fucking boring. And maybe we need to take more of a front seat to be storytellers for them. Small people, small podcasts, big podcasts. Somebody has to do it. Because I'm telling you, like, baseball has itself a real problem coming up where their fan demographic is getting super old. And no new fans are coming because they do the same shit. They don't tell stories. 
And in teams like the Chicago White Sox, who have maybe five or six of the young, exciting players, they just go and hire a manager that's 76 years old, Tony La Russa, and has already been in the, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. They're going backwards. Like, that type of shit, you just look at it and you go, this is, this is mind-boggling. I don't understand why the brain trust in some of these things can't see the future. Like, they just get your players out there, tell their stories, especially in a time like right now where I want to know what the hell Darnell Nurse is doing right now. I want to know. I want to know what how he's treating COVID. I want to know what he's doing to work out. I want to know what that's like. I want to know what growth, like, shit like, like, tell me about that. Tell me what your summers are like. Tell me what's been different about this offseason. You tell me more stories about, about um, uh, like, she and her, just any of these guys. I'll buy in more. I just will, right? The only players that I feel like I even remotely know on the Edmonton Oilers are Dreisaitl, and I hardly know him, Connor McDavid, and... I agree with you. I don't think anyone would disagree Nuge. with you, right? Nuge. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And to say that these guys are like hockey players, they're not all the same breed. I think Keith. that's kind of like, like, I get that they like to, they're a lot more of like a polite, gentle giant, but they have personality. They just, yeah, they're interesting. I would actually, interesting dudes. I would actually counter and say that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the longest serving oiler by a fair margin at this point. And outside yeah. of knowing that he, you know, he likes horse racing and owns horses and stuff, what do we really know about him? Nothing. It's my biggest problem. It's my biggest problem it, with with the with the NHL with the Oilers. They just they they have it so ingrained that like hockey is life up here that we don't need to know this shit. Why bother? Like, sure, we'll put out a documentary every so often. You know, like when was the last time you had like remember oil change? Yeah. Yep. I loved oil change and it got me into hockey that season. Like it, cause it was close to up to date, right? Like it was just a little bit behind. And so I saw the season playing out. Hell, I was more invested in Pittsburgh and Washington when they had their, uh, that uh, HBO series or whatever it was. That yeah. HBO series. Those I were thought great. that was fucking awesome, right? Like that got me into it. I wanted to see, and it's why NBC all of a sudden had like, Washington Pittsburgh every single time they played NBC Doc Emmerich and people were watching it we knew the story behind the rivalry it wasn't just you know it wasn't just for the, the hockey players that are like um or the, the the fans I guess that are diehards you're gonna always have the diehards the people in Edmonton are always gonna love the Oilers but there's guys like me you're just straight up you're not doing enough to make it top of mind I've got a million other things to worry about I've got a million other things that I can like and people vying for my attention and I'm giving it to the people who deserve it. And ultimately the NHL just doesn't always deserve it. I think what Chalmers is saying here is that we need to bring back NHL cool shots. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think anything, honestly, anything. And I know that we're not a huge podcast. Like I know that we're small. We're, we're, we're building from the ground up and like, we're doing a good job and we're getting guys on, but like, I think, and, and I've recently tried to do this, because when I, when I saw this one, this one guy that I, I knew back in the day, I used to, like, hang out with this guy, and I, I knew him. And Chalmers, you can up. say it. It was Jeremy Yablonski on Jeremy Yablonski. Jer- yeah, Jeremy Yablonski, Fit and Chicklets. I don't know what you guys want me to say about that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, we don't care. Jer- so, yeah, Jeremy Yablonski was on Fit and Chicklets. And I know, I, I, I used to hang out, my, my, a couple of my friends played on that Edmonton Ice team with him. And so I would hang out with him. And then all of a sudden, he became 
kind of buddies with me and another buddy. And he ended up even working at the same um, house building company that we worked at for like six or eight months. We hung out every day. And the guy is a character. And I followed his career. And every so often we touch it, we touch base. And then obviously, obviously I lost that. But when I heard him on Spit and Chicklets, it was just like, why, why have this guy not done an interview yet? Might be one of the toughest guys to ever play hockey. Maybe the most career fights of anybody to also do MMA fights, to have crazy stories in Russia. Like, Spin Chickens is doing a great job. Alex Tuck, I don't even, is that what his name is? Alex yeah. Tuck? Yeah. How you say it? I don't even, I never knew this guy. I love this guy from his interview. It kind of right? reminds me, Chalmers, of when uh, on ON Radio, uh, which is on Fridays, we had Sebastian Basalion on <laughs> once, and we thought that it was going to be about a 10-minute interview with him. And right. then he ended up being fucking awesome to talk to, and we spent yeah, the entire hour talking that. to him. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that great? And like, it's great. And and like, it helps. It helps everybody. It helps him. It helps you guys. It just it. And ultimately, it can help the NHL, even though they just seem like they don't give a shit, and the Oilers just don't give a shit. You know, I don't know. This is my two cents on the whole thing. But that is why you know, as I thought about it recently, like. I find myself getting my trying to get my kids more into hockey and, you know, like I build an outdoor rink and I get them into hockey and they're playing hockey. But if there was hockey on the TV right now, I personally, I, I can tell you who the safety for the Indianapolis Colts is, but I can't, sometimes I see guys, all of a sudden there's a guy that plays for Detroit Red Wings and he's like a great player, great young player. I don't know who the hell, I've never heard of, where did this guy come from, right? Yeah. It, it's just it's weird and i and i often thought about that like what how i could get more invested in other than gambling on it the only thing that i can do is to find out these guys stories you know learn their stories find a reason to really like understand who anthony anthony or what's his name andreas athanas to you andreas like exactly can't even fucking name him he's on our first line you know do you think uh do you think that the nfl does the best job of this then or uh I think the NHL does a great job because they have a lot of different avenues where they tell stories. I think basketball does a really good job of this. I think basketball Twitter and like these players on Instagram, I think that they might be the best, but because I'm the most interested in football, I would say that I focus a little bit more on the football players and, and like the things that they do. Um, but like, just here's a perfect example. Hello? Still there, Chalmers? Chalmers, did we lose you? Oh, there you are. Sorry about that. Okay, so here's a perfect example. Every week on Westwood One, during the Monday night football game and the Thursday night football game, they have a weekly segment with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. And both of those guys also do a weekly segment. They it It is in their contract. They have to do it with the hometown radio show. Okay? Those are two superstar Hall of Fame players. When was the last time you heard an oiler, an active oiler, on a radio show, let alone once a week? Yeah, man, you're, you're bang on with that. Like, during the season, you get McDavid in scrums, and you don't get him outside of that. I, I remember when the pandemic first kind of hit, or it was right around when the return to play got announced. And at the radio station, you know, reach out to the Oilers. Hey, is, is this guy available? Not even asking for McDavid. Nah, sorry, he's busy. With what? Like, and it's like, you know, like, no, you're right. You're bang on of that. Like, the fact you don't hear after a big weekend of games, 
You don't hear McDavid Monday morning on the radio at all in this but city it, or anything like that? You're right. It's, it's wrong. Partially, it's partially his fault, too, because, like, you're the best player in the game, and you're our franchise player. You need to learn how to fucking play ball. Tom Brady doesn't come on there, and he doesn't do the Belichick thing. He doesn't do the Greg Popovich thing, but he also doesn't come out and do the, you know, um, by name like the Charles Barkley thing where he goes off on people. He just plays it perfect. He plays it right down the middle. He tells you some interesting things like learn how to play the game. Figure out like a few interesting things that you know there can't be any blowback. Sprinkle them to us. Just give us a little bit, man. It's not hard to do. And then we appreciate you for being more personable. Yeah. You look like you're, you know, you. it helps your brand. You're trying to sell BioSteel. I don't just want to see you on a BioSteel commercial acting like you have a personality or in a documentary where you really don't say anything. You just tell us about your, your, your you know, and then when we see you on scrums and interviews, it's like, he seems like he's just so guarded, right? Like, you got to learn how to play the game if you're going to be these guys. Guys like Larry Fitzgerald, guys like Tom Brady. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, these guys know how to play the game. You you mentioned getting to know their personalities a little bit. What was one of the best moments of the Oilers' season from a rallying perspective? And what was one of the moments you felt closest to Leon Dreisaitl? When he came on... I'll tell you why. When you said uh, the fans are fucking phenomenal. Bang on, right? They, yeah. they There was that moment where he wasn't giving a scripted answer. And it's like one of the few moments in the year where you got a player not giving a scripted answer. And he goes, these fans are fucking phenomenal. And like the Oilers body and we're still on so, talking about we're it. still talking about it and that was one that was two words man can you imagine like like Chalmers said if they like or if they had Connor McDavid in his contract doing an interview every Monday and they had dry saddle every Thursday and it was a laid back thing where it's not 12 guys in a circle in the le- dressing room saying oh how's the power play how do you feel did you get pucks deep enough like all that shit if it was actually like opening them up a little bit you're right. Like you're not going to get an argument from me. I wish we would have started this conversation at the start of an episode of a podcast because we probably could have gone yeah. a full hour on it. But well, we can't because like this last thing I'll say is <laughs> pre-COVID, you saw the Edmonton Oilers doing the same shit they've done for the past fifteen years. And if I was an Oiler, I would hate every single second of it. Sitting at a table in West Edmonton Mall while people come and ask you for your autograph and just signing autographs, and that's your interaction with people is absolutely one of the stupidest things now is giving people autographs and opportunities to get autographs a good idea obviously it gets people what they want a ton of autograph hungry just want to meet the player want to be in the same room want to take a picture with the player but we've talked about this before don't you think the players would enjoy it a little more if there was like a carnival of champions type thing where it's one time you sell tickets you can make money off it the players love it the people love it everybody wins but every single time they just go back to the well with their old way of thinking. Okay, we got to do our autographs at West Edmonton Mall. We're going to put Cassian and McDavid at a table. We know that's going to get the longest lineup. Like, it's, it's just stupid to me. It's like you're constantly doing the same shit, and it never changes anything, right? Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It bothers me. And I didn't even really expect to talk about anything like this today. But, when, but it did kind of spark me when you say it's funny how you care about the NFL and because I'd been thinking about it recently. I'd been thinking, how do I how do I contribute more on a hockey podcast when I, in a busy life, can't find more time to care about the Oilers? And then so what I started to think of was, well, why do I care about the things that I care about, right? 
And I thought about what people did to make me care about the things I care about. And it, it basically opened up what the Oilers and what hockey doesn't do to get guys like me, who are the perfect, like, I'm just waiting. I'm like a fish, like just circling a lure. Just put something good on that lure and I'll fucking bite, man. That's all it is. We're going to continue this conversation on Monday, all right? With all right. Wa- with Wanya here, too. Because I, cause I want, because yeah. he's yeah. a good guy to have on about this stuff. Like, Wanya has good takes sure on this. He he, yeah. He, yeah. Um, okay. Twig and Mary's. I've got a work fire to put out, so I've been mentally checked out the last 20 <laughs> minutes. And I apologize to everyone. For well, I've got an outdoor rink to go shovel, so, so the boys can get back to trying to make tier three. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> uh, shout out to our friends at Twig and Mary's. Well, you better tell their story, Chalmers, else I'm not going to go watch their game. What? You better be telling their story to us because I won't be going to watch their game. Trust me. If it was me trying to get you to watch them on the backyard rink and all it took was a story, I'd have one. And I would have an Instagram story. I'd even do a, what did you guys well, call it? Fleet? A fleet? A fleet, yes, a fleet. Well, Chalmers, I, I follow fleet. your wife, so I do follow your kid's hockey journey, and I have bought it. Good. See? The story sells all. Oodle Noodle, we love them as well. Uh, Edmonton <laughs> Oilers, we trashed you for a little bit there, but it's from a place of love. It really is. We're trying to help. Uh, we're trying to we're help. Trying to help. We're trying to help. Uh, Every single thing that this website is based upon is trying to help. We went 80 yeah. minutes today on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly uh, wrap this up, get it edited and posted up. Hope you enjoyed it. Episode 232 of the Real Life Podcast. There was passion. It was good. We'll talk to you on Monday. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.